if I just came here and I would stay in a resort, let's say, all the time, I would never learn about these things, you know? So, yeah, it's the type of experience that you have when, when you are traveling also that helps. This is Debbie, and welcome to another episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditch the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. Hey friend, for years now, I've given you a ton of stories on remote workers and digital nomads on this podcast, but I've come to realize that many of you beginners are still unsure on how to take the first steps to creating a freedom lifestyle through online work. Maybe you've been too afraid to take the plunge or just don't feel confident enough to land that online job due to inexperience. Well, I'm excited to announce that I've created a new YouTube series called Trying Remote, where I try a new online job or gig every month to give you a glimpse of what it takes to land a remote job. So if you need a little boost to try something new or just want to see what it takes to get started, you can go to theoffbeatlife.com slash trying remote. Again, you can go to theoffbeatlife.com slash trying remote to find our videos and to subscribe to our new series on YouTube. So please come and join me there so we can uncomfortably grow together. In this episode, I speak with Paula, who is a digital nomad from Portugal. In 2018, she decided to backpack in Southeast Asia for four months, which is a trip that ended up changing her life. She created her blog where she shares information about her adventures that can be useful to other solo travelers. Nowadays, she's a remote worker for a Portuguese company and a part of a marketing department and works remotely, which gives her the freedom to be anywhere she wants. So listen on to find out how Paula explores Southeast Asia as a digital nomad. Hey everyone, thank you so much for being here. I am really excited to speak with my guest today. I'm here with Paula. Hey Paula, how are you? Hello, I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited to talk to you, Paula, because you have gone to a lot of different places and you're a digital nomad and you have a ton of great stories for us. And obviously we want to learn more about your experiences. Can you tell us more about you and why you live an offbeat life? Yeah, sure. So I'm Paula. Uh, I am from Portugal and uh, I'm 31 years old, even though no one tells me that. (laughs) And they are very shocked about it. (laughs) You do. You look so young. I thought you were like 20. (laughs) Everyone, yes, it's exactly like that. When I say I'm over 30, they're like, no way. And they insist that it's not possible. (laughs) So yeah, it's a good thing. That's always good. Yeah. But I have changed. This life change came at 26 when I was 26. So I was I was having the very normal life working uh, and for a company uh, the this uh, office job from 9 to 5 as we usually say yeah. So I um, I worked only in that company and I worked there for a while and I sort of kind of get tired of of doing that and uh, and being there and i um i was finding out that i was stressing a lot uh, with work so i thought that i should do something different and something exciting and i always liked to travel uh, before that was like the highlight of my year would be my holidays 
and those days that I, that I would travel. So I thought, yeah, why not dedicate myself to the things that I like the most? And that would be traveling. So that's that's why the idea came up. And um, it, it came up just very naturally because I was just watching this movie, Pray It Love or something like this with Julia Roberts when she goes to, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she goes on a trip. And I was like, mm, how would it feel like to do something like that? And I started searching and searching and then I had all my research done. And I was like, now what? I will, I did all this research and I will do nothing about it. Now I have to go. <laughs> so, yeah, that's when I decided I would backpack in um, in Asia. So I be, being from, from Portugal, I think that uh, traveling to Asia is a totally different experience because it's a different continent and the culture is very different. So, yeah, I wanted, like, something really, really different. So I thought that Asia would be the best um, the best place. And uh, I did basically Southeast Asia. So I backpacked Southeast Asia for uh, about four months. Then um, I went back to Portugal um, and I realized that this is not for me anymore. <laughs> Because I had a little break in my job, I, I took a special license and I was off for those four months. And then I came back to the same job. But when I came back to the same job, I was not the same person. I have experienced so many things and I have learned how other people live and how they manage to live in so many different ways. And um, when I got back to that little world, I was like, no, it's, there's no way that now that I have all this knowledge, that I will go back to do the same. So yeah, basically I got back, I stayed there uh, about six months, I quit my job and I came back to Asia. And I stayed in Asia for uh, one year and a half about that. That was until COVID hit and then uh, I got back home because of COVID. And then I escaped from home uh, to here, to Asia again, where I am in Thailand right now. <laughs> and that um, very shortly that was that that what was happened that is definitely a story that is pretty amazing because it all started from the movie eat pray love yes. <laughs> yes, it was. and now yeah and now it is a permanent thing now you made this something that is more of a lifestyle and not just a you know a curiosity that turned into a lifestyle which is pretty awesome if you think about it now what made you take that leap from just this movie what was it about eat pray love that really inspired you to to go out there and do this whole different lifestyle in a way you know sometimes i really have no idea <laughs> and i think it was just meant to be sometimes <laughs> i really think it was just meant to be because i remember uh, when i was younger like when you ask a child what does what do you want to be in the future and things like that I don't remember saying a specific thing and I just remember saying that I don't want to work. <laughs> so I never saw myself working, let's say, for others forever, you know? Uh, so in some kind of a way, I think that that was supposed to happen because it just came up so naturally. Like I have never thought of traveling the world or it was never my passion to see all the countries in the world. It was not about that. It was just, I was willing to do something different for myself 
because the idea would be to be a normal person like the others and maybe what I would do would be buying a new car. But I thought, what would make me more happy? Buy a new car or go on a four-month trip to Southeast Asia and I don't have to think even for one second to make a decision, you know? So, yeah, basically that was it. I was watching the movie and then uh, I started to search and I was searching like cheap places to travel because I needed to travel on a budget. (laughs) And I came up with Southeast Asia and uh, I'm glad that it came up with Southeast Asia because it was the best thing that happened in my life. That is amazing because I love Southeast Asia too. I'm I'm from there. So I love it when other people enjoy Southeast Asia and it is so much cheaper than a lot of different locations in the world. You can go there and your money just goes a longer way. And you also live like a, in a lot better lifestyle than yeah, you would in, in America. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like in America or, or Europe and also, it's nice. The weather is really nice. The people are great. So that is not a bad decision yeah. that you made there, yeah, Paula. <laughs> and I think a lot of people do that, too, because, for example, as you said, it's much cheaper. So I think that I would spend uh, like three times the money I'm spending here in one month. So I can live here longer with the same amount of money, you know? So now that after you went back home and you knew that your life completely changed after seeing a different country, understanding that you can live a different way, you come back home, you go back to your job, and obviously this changed you as a person. How did you make this become more sustainable? How did you become a digital nomad and earn a living while you're still traveling? Yeah, well, uh, when I was traveling, I met a lot of people with different stories. They were doing so many different things, yeah. And uh, when I was traveling, I also did some volunteering. One of them was uh, helping in an English center in Vietnam. And I learned that it was easy to find um, a position in um, to help people with their English skills uh, in Vietnam. So when I got back and I I found that I can do, I can try to do that because there were people telling me, oh, it's so, it's like so easy for you to do that. And I met people that were doing it. So, and I wanted to find a way to go back to Asia because when I went back to, to Portugal after the trip, it was like, it was just the ideals have changed for me. Um, the, the way we see life, and the way we think that we should live our lives just changed for me. So, yeah, I was definitely trying to find a way to go to Asia and stay in Asia. And I was like, even if I just volunteer and I can stay there, I don't mind. <laughs> like, because when I'm volunteering, I'm not paying for accommodation or food. So I don't actually need money. So that's also a way of cheap traveling, just volunteering through this platform it's called Workaway, and uh, yeah like that way you don't actually need money um, and you can travel so yeah I decided yeah I'll just I'll just try I'll go to Vietnam and I see if I can manage to find something I went to the same English center that I have been before 
Um, and then I met some more people that were doing the same because apparently there are many people doing it here in Southeast Asia, uh, especially in Vietnam. So yeah, that's how I managed to stay in, in Asia. And I stayed in Vietnam for one year. But right now I'm not uh, I'm not in Vietnam and I'm not doing that. And um, I'm working remotely. Basically, I w- I'm doing the same or um, it's not the same, but it's a similar job that I was doing before this trip. But the company accepted for me to work remotely. Well, that's good. You were able to negotiate that and now you can do what you did and still get paid for it. But I love the two ways that you've been able to do it, right? Because a lot of times when we think about becoming a digital nomad or traveling while working, we always think about remote work, finding remote work that way. But you were able to do it in two different ways. The first is when you did work away and volunteering, which is a really great way to do that so that you can not even worry about earning a living yet, right? And it's also a great way for you to figure out if this is really the lifestyle that you want to go into. And then you're able to find a a company that allowed you to do pretty much the same that, that you were doing, which is amazing. (laughs) But during your your time when you were volunteering, were you able to save any money or uh, how was the financial situation like? Because a lot of people will wonder about that. And also, you know, that's a concern too, because we also want to make sure that we're not constantly uh, worrying all the time about where our next meal is coming from, right? Yeah, sure. Well, but uh, that was just uh, the beginning so when I went I went I went that way I was just volunteering and um, after that there comes it comes an opportunity uh, for me to actually work so after that after being a volunteer um, I found a position that was a school I was collaborating with a school so I was actually earning uh, money that way so I was actually working that's another great thing too with the um, uh, volunteering because you can really do a lot of um, networking, yeah, networking with, with the people yeah, exactly. there. Networking is so important in this area. So how did you do that? How did you network with people? Was it through the volunteer programs that you were doing or was it meeting people while you were just in the area? Yeah, it was basically just meeting people because there's a lot of foreigners in in Vietnam that are um, teaching English uh, or helping with with English. Um, So it was very easy for me to find a person that was doing the same and she she connected with me and um, we got friends and that way we were uh, I was able to find the, to find a proper school uh, and th- that's how it worked it was it was basically networking or just you just alone and someone else is alone you just start talking and apparently we are there to do the same thing and we were like whoa we are here to do the same thing <laughs> So yeah, it happened. Basically, it happened to me. It happened that way. I just met this girl randomly, and she she already had some some connections. And yeah, it was basically like that. It was just a coincidence. <laughs> well, and, and that's another thing. When you're traveling by yourself, you 
kind well you get out of your shell right because you have no choice you have to interact with other people because you're on your own rather than if you're traveling with somebody else you always have somebody to talk to uh, and you you have an excuse why you shouldn't talk to another person because you don't have to in in some ways but it's great when you go to a different country you're on your own you push yourself out of your boundaries and then you find kindred spirits people who are just as adventurous as you maybe they're also a little bit apprehensive or even scared uh, and then you know they talk to you as well and you create relationships for yourself and you know somebody who's who's done the same thing as you so it's it's pretty wild and awesome at the same time when when you experience things like that. Yeah, it's just that it happens so naturally because you can kind of, you look at the other person and you get kind of feel that that person is feeling the same way that you do. So in the first hello, you can already tell if it's a person that is willing to talk to you and... Um, yeah, it's like we, we instantly connect with each other because imagine we are in some place and uh, we can see that someone is also by itself or um, or even though when you ask someone when you are in a place and you, you have no one to take pictures, <laughs> so you, you need to ask someone to take you a picture or something like that or even that way you can connect um, with people. So it's very, very easy. And when you are traveling alone, I, I had no idea it was so easy before I, I did it, of course. But it was really, really easy. And like um, I was staying in the hostels. So that would be even easier to meet people because when you are sharing a dorm, it's inevitable that you will say hello to to the person that is sleeping next to you. And <laughs> that way you make friends you make friends that way. Or you can make friends, for example, when you are taking the breakfast at the hotel and uh, someone is also alone and you ask to join and then you have a friend. There's so many ways of meeting people and basically the ones you meet uh, usually are the, the ones that are also alone <laughs> yeah it's exactly like you say like if you have company you are not so um, open let's say you're not so open to talk with different people because you already have someone with you and to talk to so yes usually this uh, this happens more often when it's another solo traveler it also happens when there's more than one when the, it, when it's a group on the, or when there are two friends but it's usually and more often when it's uh, another solo traveler we just recognize each other's we we say hello <laughs> and that's it <laughs> <laughs> and then it's instant friendship yes, you yes. make the, while you're you're traveling. So let's talk about Paula when you first went there and you did this big thing. Now you decided to live in a different country. Was there anything that was surprising or maybe certain things that was just so different for you that you didn't even expect? Fact, when you finally made this into more of a lifestyle than just a little detour in your life? 
Well, uh, the first place I moved in was Vietnam. Now I'm in Thailand. They are a little different from from each other, Vietnam and Thailand. But now I'm way more used to things than when I moved to Vietnam. I was there for uh, one month the first time. And I was very lucky because I met uh, this woman. Um, and basically, I got myself a Vietnamese family because uh, I just met this this woman randomly on the street. And I was just walking on the street and she approached me and asked me if I can help her um, her son with English, just like that, you know, to see how easy it is. <laughs> uh, so you can see how easy it is. I was just walking on the street and this woman approaches me and I, I'm like, okay, then. <laughs> so uh, at, the, at that time, at that time, I was going every day. I was going to her house. She she would offer me some um, some food and fruits, and I was there with her kids. So I felt like I had that support. If I moved to Vietnam, at least I had their support because it was just one week that I was with them. But we created such a strong relationship, I would say, that when I decided to move to Vietnam, I knew that at least I would have them. So, um, and living uh, close to this family taught me so many, so many things that I would never, ever know if uh, I was living like an expat uh, that stays in the area where all the other foreigners are and doesn't have much interaction with, with the local community. So I learned many, many, many things about Vietnam and Vietnamese culture that were, yeah, it's it's very different. They like sometimes it was kind of frustrating um, because it was the way they act to they they the way they act uh, towards some situations was just so new to me and so weird that sometimes it was frustrating. Sometimes it was like just what is happening. So I. I lived through many, many weird experiences, but that helped me grow up a lot. Uh, they taught me so many things. I know Vietnam so much better because of them. I was with them every night. They, um, grandmother would cook for me. So I was kind of part of a family. On the weekends, we would go together sometimes to some places. Uh, and one thing I remember that was really funny, it, it was for the New Year's, their New Year's. So um, she said I should buy the traditional, the traditional clothing that is the au 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 or something like this. I don't I don't remember. And what we would do, uh, I would wear the traditional the tra the traditional outfit, and we just went on the motorbike and tried to find some tree with flowers, and we would stop. <laughs> and take pictures with that tree and that was <laughs> what we were doing for new years that's how we were celebrating we were just taking pictures with flowers we would find randomly on the street and that for me was like <laughs> that was so weird <laughs> but it was definitely an experience and then another thing like they don't they don't worry much about things like we do like with timings and that 
that was like upsetting me so much. And then I was looking at their reaction, like so relaxed and I was so stressed. And I'm like, why am I acting like this? Like, look at them. There's nothing wrong. And I'm, I'm here very stressed about it. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely learned how to be more relaxed, more easygoing and don't care so much about things that don't don't actually matter or make a difference. Yeah, they taught they taught me at least they taught me that. It's it, it's really interesting when you go to a different culture and the way they think about life and they go through just even the day to day business of things is so different. Yeah, and it's funny. It's so much more chill. Yes, and here <laughs> in in the U.S. and you know certain parts of Europe, that's the same way too. Because we're just like go go go. Yes. That's what you have to do. Exactly. And then you have. You know, in in Southeast Asia and even in Latin America, where it's just like, okay, you have to chill. You need to, you know, you don't rush. You take your time. That's a really great way of living life because you probably have less heart attacks that way. (laughs) (laughs) And anxiety, that is a huge problem. Yeah. Well, people have a lot of anxiety and there's a lot of deaths and heart attacks because of that. So I'm like, they're probably, you know, they they have that going for them, yeah. so, which is really good. You know, sometimes I give it a thought. I give it a thought like when I think I visited Myanmar and sometimes and I visited like some villages that there are like 20 people living there in the middle of, the, of nowhere in the mountain, you know, and I was thinking, if I would tell these people what anxiety is, I think they would never understand <laughs> what stress <laughs> is. They would never understand. Like, I usually compare, like, how ridiculous it is that we are stressing about this. And I'm looking at these Burmese people and thinking how silly it would be for them, our reactions and the things we do to our lives. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> The difference is just so big. They they are so much relaxed. And I think that they care about the things that really matter. We pay too much attention to things that don't... When you look at others and others that have way less things than you think you need to be happy, and you look at them and they seem to be happier than you. And that that makes you think a little bit, you know? And that also helped me very much to to make this change. It was basically, it was very much about Myanmar and those remote places I have visited because it's a very different experience going to Myanmar and those places or coming here to Thailand when they, where there's a lot of tourists. Um, there are places that look like Europe. You just see basically Western people. So yeah, it was those um, those more specific experiences in um, rural areas I would say that those were the ones that taught me much yeah well because if you're just surrounded by people who are similar to you then there's really no change exactly it's like being back in your own house and you know you you mentioned they're they're just different in the way they think about life it's all you know and it's the way 
they prioritize what's important and what's not. And for the most part here, we prioritize money, getting ahead in life. And for the most part in those small villages, they grow their own food, they make their things. So you don't really need money for that when you already have it. Maybe your biggest anxiety is when your crops are not doing well and you're eating less, but it's so crazy that you see them and they're so much more grateful for for what they have but us here we're not as grateful even though we have so much more uh so and we have so much more to be grateful for so which is really interesting and it's just um the differences again with the the priority that you have yes it's a lesson and i think that's what made me change so much what was like looking at them and thinking that maybe why why is our way of living the right one and not theirs? So yeah, uh, <laughs> why is ours the 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 right way? Because now I think that their their way is the way. <laughs> Yeah. And, and if you think about it, too, obviously, right now we're romanticizing their lifestyle because it's it's not easy. It's not easy to live like that. But there is always something to take away from that. You know, it's it's easy to see that from our position and say, wow, the way they live is really great. But then coming from that you know, part of the country looking at us, they're like, oh my gosh, they're really great. They get to travel. They get to do all of these things. Um, because a lot of, of those people in those small villages, they can't afford that, right? Because um, there's not as many availabilities and opportunities for them to, to do what we do. So they're probably looking at you too, Paula, and was like, oh my gosh, her life must be really great because she could do all of these things. Yeah, and, I know, uh, I know, you, but you know, when I talk to people, to people <laughs> about I always say that I'm talking as a privileged one because if I was not a privileged one I could never have this speech so I'm totally aware that I can say these things because I am I am a privileged uh, comparing to them I I am totally aware of that totally yeah yeah it's it's I think once you start traveling, you have this different mindset and you realize too, like what's really important and what is a possibility and what could be worse, what could be better. It's, it's a different, it's a way of thinking that is just beyond what you would have had and been capable of if you had just stayed where you are. That's why these experiences are so important. And obviously it's not for everybody, but if you can do it at least once just to see, it's it's a pretty amazing uh, thing to have in your life if you have the opportunity to do it. Yeah, of course. And I always say, well, it was mind changing for me because of those uh, interactions with these rural areas because if I just came here and I would stay in a resort let's say all the time I would never learn about these things you know uh, so yeah it's the type of experience that you have when when you are traveling also that helps uh, because each different person has a different experience it depends on the places they go the attitude they have towards people so yes, it really depends uh, depends a lot on on people and how they act. Because I also believe that if you if you have good vibes, then the good things come to you. And if you come here with a bad attitude and like criticizing them, because many people do that, coming here and criticizing the way they live and these kind of things, 
think when you look at it with a positive um, and open-minded, then things become much better. Yeah. And it's always interesting to me and a little strange when people go to a different country and criticize about how other people live or they're complaining that that country or that area doesn't have the certain things that they had when they were back home. Like, what did you expect? Like you traveled to a different country to experience new things, not to bring what you have with you. So it's it's just so interesting when when I meet people like that. It's, yeah, I'm like, so then why travel if exactly. you expect the same thing? Exactly, like, <laughs> you, you back go home. to Asia, but you still eat pizza and uh, hamburger every day. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But then when it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they didn't have this or this side dish that I really love and it's my favorite. And uh, I think it's, like you said, Paula, it's having that open mind. Yeah, I think it's about uh, that. To... There's yeah. nothing, absolutely to, to nothing wrong with going to a resort and just stay. That, that's absolutely nothing wrong with it. I'm just saying that with that um, with that kind of experience, you will not change your mind. To change your mind, you have to put yourself in different positions that you have never been before. That's how you can change. If you keep doing the same thing forever, you will never change. So if we're talking about changing, that's the thing. You can I totally understand people that go to a resort and just lay there doing nothing. Yes, please. Sometimes I need it too. I'm just saying that it's more enriching. It's a different experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, sometimes you need that um, in your life. You just need to relax. You don't need to think about anything. You know, I do that too. But if it's an experience that you want, then that's a different aspect of it. It's a different way of living it. So Paula, let's move forward to around 40 to 50 years from now and you're looking back in your life. What legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for? Well, I, I, uh, you know, I discovered my dream when I was traveling because I didn't know exactly what was my dream, (laughs) but now I know what's my dream. And I want to create a place. I want to create my paradise. So I want to create my paradise. I already know the types of trees and plants that I want. I have been looking for the uh, like the architecture here in Asia and taking ideas for for what I would like to build in the future. It would be like a paradise-like place full of trees and birds and rabbits running, and you would have little bungalows um, that would have to be totally, totally different from everything else around. And I would grow uh, my own food in there, and I would have like a little community, maybe some kind of this thing of workaway. And receive other travelers that would go there and uh, share experiences. And yes, that's what I would like to do for the future. I will, next 10 years, 15, whatever, I will work towards that. (laughs) And that's how I see myself uh, in about 10, 15 years. Yeah, create my own paradise, like unique place, just where people will go and be happy. (laughs) Well, that definitely sounds like a little piece of heaven that you're going to be creating, Paula. So yeah, let us know once that's up and running and we'll definitely come visit because that's 
great, especially the little bunnies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Love Animal. that. Animals around. That's what we want. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So if our listeners want to learn more about you, Paula, where can they find you? Well, I have a travel blog where I share all my, um, my travel experiences. Uh, they can find me at uh, whileyoustayhome.com. I'm not sharing. Uh, it's I usually say it's it's not another travel blog where I say um, uh, five places you should go, uh, places, uh, things you should eat, or something like that. It's a it's a blog where I write about my day. Uh, of course, I write about the things I visit, but especially it's about the things I do uh, and the things I visit and how I do it. So other people that would do the same can have already uh, an idea of what to expect um, or on how to do it, what's the best way of doing it. So maybe they don't do some mistakes that I have done because I didn't have the knowledge. So yeah, I share my own experiences um, over there. And I also have my Instagram where I share some pictures. And yeah, people can find me on Instagram or on my blog. Love that. Well, thank you so much, Paula, for sharing with us all of the information that you sent us, sharing with us your journey. We really appreciate it and we appreciate you. Thank you again for being here. Thank you so much for the invitation. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Paula. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview where Paula shares what is daily life like living in Thailand. Hey friend, have you been wanting to start a podcast? I know it can be overwhelming in the beginning. Believe me, I have been there. Lucky for you, we have created a new site called howtocreatepodcast.com that shares a ton of freebies that can help you get started. From launching, growing to monetizing, we share it all in one place. Visit howtocreatepodcast.com for more information. Hey listeners, thank you for listening to this episode and I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey and I can't wait to hear how your location-independent story will unfold.